Hey, welcome to the And Then We Will podcast. I'm your host, Christina Borsetti, and we are on episode 40. pop off over here. I'm staring at my whiteboard calendar in front of me and I actually haven't updated it since June because I haven't been home to update it. We have been down at our beach house enjoying that fresh ocean air, the beach. Oh, it's so much more quiet down there. The nice walks in the morning. I just want to wrap it up and take it back with me but alas, have to get back into that seasonal flow, that fall flow. And I love fall, don't get me wrong, I'm all about fall. I love the fall foliage. I love to dress for the fall season. I just love the clothing more. I was born in the fall, so clearly I love this time. It's just always been a time of new beginnings. I, but I'm just, yeah, I'm just really, I'm pushing back on it a little bit this year. Uh, but I, because I have to get into all of these flows and I'm thinking about, man, I have a lot of appointments I got to make these doctor's appointments that I typically get around this time of year, dentist appointments, all those little things our annual tune-ups and made me realize I have not done an episode around advocating for yourself, which seems silly because that is one of the main reasons that I created in them be well when I had gone through this healthcare system and didn't feel like I was stepping up for myself and kind of allowed things to happen to myself. But it has happened to me, and so I am here to advocate for you. I'm gonna give you some quick tips on how to advocate for yourself when you go to the doctor's office. And really it starts with, number one, find yourself a good doctor. And I know, your mind, blown. But if you don't have a doctor, maybe you've relocated, maybe the doctor that you did have, you're no longer going to because you didn't have a good experience with them. Maybe your doctor retired and you haven't found a new one. It's a totally realistic reality. <laughs> it's a totally real, real thing, guys. <laughs> oh, today is a Tuesday, but it is a total, it's a, it's a Monday-ish Tuesday. You know what I mean? So stick with me here. I've had, I've taught about I had four, no, two clients, uh, two classes, and I've been on the horn for most of the day. So I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm winging it here. But you know what? That's over here. We're keeping it real. But yes, number one, carving out the time to find a healthcare practitioner that is going to jive for you. What does that look like? Well, set some time aside on your calendar, 30 minutes to an hour, where you're going to sit down at your computer and you're going to look up doctors for the needs. So if you're experiencing something that you need to get checked out right away, hopefully you already have a doctor, you need to call them up and you need to start facilitating that process. If it's not an immediate need, so you've been experiencing some symptoms, let's call it perimenopausal symptoms, and you're just trying to figure out what's going on, you want to get some blood work, and the turnaround for when you're going to have that appointment with your doctor is a little further out in the future, you don't need immediate action, then you're going to take that time to sit down and find a doctor. You have to do this. And if you don't feel comfortable doing this on your own, have a discussion with someone in your house, someone else that can help you. I do believe there's patient advocates out there that you can have those discussions with. I've never personally utilized one. I went online and I went to several different sites to look up doctors as it pertained to what issue I had going on, whether it was a urologist, a gastroenterologist, finding somebody that I felt on paper, of course, because you never met them, is going to suit my needs. What to look for when you're looking for a doctor? 
these are my prerequisites and you might have your own, but for me, how long have they been a doctor for? Where did they go to school? Uh, maybe it'll tell you where they went to residency. I like to see that the doctors have some sort of residency at a local uh, educational institute. That means that they like to learn, they like to teach. It's a, just a different perspective. Uh, I'd like to see, what, of course, what hospitals they're associated with. And I need to know that they're also within my network. So I have to, once I find somebody that hits all those points, I take that name, I go to my insurance site, I pipe in their name, and I see if they accept my insurance because that is a big one. The other thing is once you find that doctor, you're making sure that they are, of course, with the network and you need to get that referral more than likely. I don't know too many people that don't have to get referrals. So if that's the case, two things you're going to do. One, you're going to call, make sure that the doctor is taking on new patients because sometimes the websites online don't do that. Uh, they don't update, excuse me, that they are or are not taking new patients. So you want to call up, see if they're taking new patients. And who knows? I mean, I call them first because sometimes the person on the other side is going to tell you, well, you need to call your doctor first and get a referral and then we can set up an appointment. That's not how it works. <laughs> and then other times I've called up and I said, hey, I found this person online. Are they accepting new patients? I'd like to make an appointment. So it really just depends. So you're going to pick up the phone. You're going to make that phone call. Once you get an understanding of what the next steps are, now say it is that you need to go through your general care practitioner in order to get the referral, then you're going to call up them and you're going to say, hey, I need to get a referral to this doctor because this is going on. Now, before you can do that, you have to have a discussion with your general care practitioner. So sometimes we have these portals. I, I have a portal for my hospital community that I can go in. All my doctors are in that network and in this portal. So I can go in, I can do their, like find their name in a drop down and type them up a quick email to say, hey, this has been going on. Can we do a quick appointment? And then from there, once that appointment's been established, we've had the appointment and I say, I would like to meet with this doctor. I feel like this is the next best step. And they should say yes, if it makes sense. We can't just be calling them up and saying, hey, so um, I'm having gas pains and I just want to go to the gastroenterologist. I can never say that word. Gastroenterologist. <laughs> Peter Piper picked a pepper. Uh, so you want to make sure that you have a legitimate cause for why you want to see the specialist. And you want to go into these doctor appointments, whether it's with your general care practitioner or the specialist, with the information, data points, and questions that you need. So we'll get there in just a sec. So just to recap, you want to make sure that we have the right doctor. How long ago did you see your doctor? Is it someone still suits your need? It could have been someone that you saw before you had children and you haven't talked to them in forever. You haven't checked in with them and you just want to find a new doctor. Maybe they've moved out of network. So just making sure this person is driving with you still. And if you haven't seen them in a while, checking in with them, going through that initial appointment. And it's really just, what are, you, what are they giving you for feedback? When you go to talk to them about what's going on with you, do they gaslight you? Do they talk over you? Do they kind of laugh at you? Or they kind of roll your eyes? I've gotten that quite a few times. Like, oh my gosh, I've gotten this question so many times. <laughs> you know, like, I'm glad you've gotten this question so many times, but I haven't asked you this question before. So let's go over it again, shall we? And so you want to feel like you're being heard, you're being seen, and that whatever it is that needs to come next, you feel confident in that step from your doctor or that you have created this step for your doctor and they're encouraging you to explore it. Once you have that established, you've gone through your general care practitioner, now you're moving over to your specialist or you've already moved over to your specialist. It's the same thing with your specialist, the same thing. You're gonna wanna go in armed with those data points, those questions, and you wanna feel confident 
Now, side note, you don't want to go into these appointments guns a slinging. Like I know all the information. You're not going to tell me what to do, Mr. Doctor. I've been burned by doctors before. I know somebody who told me that I need to come in here and I need to be on the defense. No, because if you do come in that way, what type of communications is that set forth? We want to work together, be met halfway, if not all the way in these conversations, whether we're with a general care practitioner or a specialist, because they are humans, they are not robots, and they don't know all the things, we certainly don't know all the things, and we need to work together. Collaborative conversation. And I'm actually going to talk about this with my future guest next week, Carrie Backwee, who's going to come on and talk to us more about that because she's had a really interesting journey. And she is definitely someone who can talk about meeting with lots of doctors, the different experiences that she's had with all of them, but she keeps a really wonderful perspective and still stays hopeful and lighthearted as she continues to move on. But she also advocates for herself. And so that's what we're really getting into. So where does the advocation part come in? It comes in when we come in armed with those data points, those questions. What do I mean by data points? Data points are, well, if basically what they sound like, you want to have blood work done. So that's why it's good to go to the general healthcare practitioner first and see if there's some blood work that you can get done before you move over to the specialist. More than likely, the specialist is going to have you do certain, do certain blood tests based on what you're going in for. But ideally, having those CBCs done, going in and having that panel will be helpful. And then hopefully, you already have one from within the year so you can look at the differentiation, the variations, if there is any, or hopefully it's all the same. Uh, in your blood work. Now, if you go to your doctor and they're telling you that you can't do certain blood tests through them, I would continue to push for it. I was able to get my thyroid done. There were a couple other tests, but the thing is it did cost me, unfortunately. So I probably could have gone to a third party and got that work done outside of the clinic. So you have to make that decision. Uh, we'll get into that at a different time. But going in to dat- going in and having those data points, whether it's blood work or it's your own notes, and that's going to be super powerful, guys, because you have the opportunity to use your phone to grab a journal and write down notes on to either or of what is going on when these things are happening. So back to that perimenopausal symptom example, you're feeling fatigued. So what happens around that time when you're feeling fatigued? Is it every single day? Is it during a certain time during your cycle? If you're still getting your menses, where is it in that cycle? And if you don't know where it is in your cycle, get a tracking app and track your cycle so you can understand where you might be falling in that cycle. It's super powerful information. I encourage everyone to do it. If you're not getting your cycle, you can still track it within the month. Like kind of do that 28-day cycle from when it's starting and just kind of see. See what's going on there. Is this happening? Is this recurring? What's happening? Um, you know, if you're feeling, if you're getting uh, hot flashes, night sweats, um, you're feeling dizzy, vertigo. You can actually go back and listen to that episode with Amanda Thebe, and she t- shares some different symptoms that she had that weren't by the book. It, you have to write down, encourage yourself. You know, if you're if you're in the middle of a hot flash, I'm not saying whip out your notebook and write down what's happening, but write down what happened in the days before. Have you not been getting enough sleep? Have the kids been acting up? Do you feel extra pressure? Have you not been working out a lot or have you been working out too much? These are all super important data points that your doctor may or may not, you know, take into consideration. But in the steps going forward, 
these are things that you can be observant of. These are things that you can take note on. I'll tell you right now, I quit drinking alcohol probably about six months ago and my night sweats are not as intense. I I think I get them before. It was like almost for a full week. Now I'm getting them very lightly for a couple of days. Could that change? Who knows? But I do feel like that made a huge difference. So making sure that you're writing down these things on a little notepad or on your phone so that you can go into that doctor's appointment and say, these are the things that were happening around this time. Give them that information. It's exciting. It's good. It's tangible stuff that these doctors can use to help diagnose and get to what is next. Keep in mind when you go into these doctor's appointments, doctors are really there to fix things. They're not necessarily there to get to the root issues of things, but we do want to get to the root issue of something, especially if it's recurring. So again, those data points that you can take on top of things like your blood work, uh, any tests that you've done, those CT scans, MRIs, or anything that your doctor is asking that you should do ultrasounds, those are going to be really helpful and useful for you to monitor and manage what is going on on top of things you, of course, are going to do outside the doctor's office because your doctor's not going to give you nutritional information unless you go see a nutritionist, and that's a different story. That's where I really feel like those functional nutrition uh, doctors, integrative uh, nutrition, nutrition, integrative medicine. <laughs> oh my gosh, there's so many names floating around in my head. Those really fill that gap when we're trying to understand the root cause and then help to fix the root cause. Because a lot of times there are things where we're missing uh, certain vitamins in our diet. We're not digesting our vitamins because we're eating too fast. We're stressed out. We have leaky gut, all those things. It could be occurring in our system. So that's why, again, it's good to go to your doctor and have these first conversations. And then from there, you can work your way backwards. Who do I need to go to? Who do I need to see next? And then also determine if this doctor is the right fit for you. And if you feel comfortable with the answers that you're giving you, they are giving you. And so the next part of that and the last part of that, of course, the questions. So if you pretty clearly think that you have perimenopause, you're in perimenopause. Or for me, an instance was that I knew I had kidney stones and I was trying to understand and address why I was getting them. I had all these questions and I discovered that by doing research online, I wanted to know what causes kidney stones? What type of kidney stones can I get? Can I change my diet? Have you, you know, I, I read some article about if I, you know, drank I'm making this up, but it was like something like apple cider vinegar and uh, like tart cherry juice or something that that would help to break them down. There's a bunch of products on the market. Is this stuff hoopla? You know, I want to know what this doctor has heard or what they haven't heard and give me some proof. Give me some feedback. And that's important. So going in with those questions and nothing is off the table. If you feel like you want to ask a question, I want you to ask that question. I'm going to encourage you, my friends, not to be scared of the outcome of this other person. They are not a vicious dog. They, if they do gaslight you, if they, if you do walk in there and you feel uncomfortable and you felt like you could not ask your questions, then you don't need to work with that doctor anymore. Don't be afraid to switch doctors. It's just a little bit of a process. I understand that. And when you're trying to resolve things, the last thing you want to do is bounce around from doctor to doctor. But again, they're human, you're human, and we need to ask the questions. We need to meet each other. We need to be collaborative. And you can also go find a second opinion. There's that, right? You don't have to go to one doctor and think that they have all the answers. We certainly, in discussions with friends, don't go to one friend and feel like everything they say is holy grail. However, you can go to the Bible and know that that's all true and you can lean into that, my friends. (laughs) But you know what I mean. It's just you have to you have to go in feeling confident with the information that you have on, from your point of view 
and you need to feel like when you walk out of there that 90% of your questions are answered. More than likely, you're going to have more questions that you want answered when you leave there anyway. That always happens to me. And so write those down. And then if you need to have another appointment, have another appointment. It's your health and it's important and you are the only you that you have and you have to take care of yourself. So advocate for yourself, stand up for yourself and do what is best for yourself. That is it, my friends. Thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. As always, I hope that that was encouraging, maybe a gentle reminder to go out and get the appointments taken care of and to do the thing because as I said, your health is the only health that you have and you can't be afraid of what the future outcomes are going to be, how someone's going to respond to you. You got to take care of yourself. I'm here to answer any of your questions at Christina at and then I'm also happy to pray for you or pray for someone in your life. So send me that prayer message through my message, through my email. I would love to do that for you. Get my church gals to pray for you or someone that you care about. And lastly, my friends, I'd be so, so grateful that if you've been enjoying this podcast, you would take just about 30 30 seconds to rate or rate and review the show, depending on what application you're using to listen to the show, because that helps other women find the show. And I know there are women out there that need to be encouraged and uplifted and supported and your rating and review is going to help them find the show. So thank you so much. As always, I hope you were able to take what you need, leave what you don't. And then my friends be so well, I will talk with you soon.